2: Nothing is ever plain sailing when you're a Stegs fan. The footballing gods forever want to give and take away in equal measure. Take for example Saturday. They'll give us a point, a clean sheet and another game unbeaten. But they'll take two more players into that already overcrowded injury room or should that be more like an injury airport lounge style now. It's too big. There's too many in there. It's annoying. Following the 0-0 draw with Bradford City, Clough delivered the double blow that Stephen Quinn and Reece Oates have both been ruled out for up to four months. So not only are we again questioning the training regime, we're questioning if this is actually the straw that breaks the camel's back in terms of where our season's concerned, our unbeaten runs concerned, and maybe even our sanity. Speak for yourself. Tonight we'll delve into that more and somehow try to find enough solutions to convince ourselves that everything will be okay in the end plus we'll recap bradford bicker over cup tickets and customer care preview saturday's trip to accrington and as ever respond to your comments questions and opinions in the live feed this is the show for the fans by the fans this is the mansfield matters podcast I'm going to be honest, if I could travel back in time and take a trade between losing the unbeaten run and maybe even losing at home to Bradford or losing Reese Oates and Stephen Quinn for around three or four months, I would have definitely taken the home defeat to Bradford. That was a double, double blow on Saturday night and not one which we really enjoyed listening to. We'll talk more about that later on in the show. Welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast. Good evening. Hope that you're all right. hope that you're doing all well and coping well in the sunshine. Being a ginger, as you can probably tell by my voice, I'm already struggling with it. Uh, but We'll battle on through and joining me to help me to uh, to do to deal with all of that. Let's say hello and good evening to a man who's not gonna pop up on screen, he's gonna just pop up with his voice. His name is Jim Evans, good evening. Good evening, Craig, good evening, everybody. That's because by the magic of technology, he is on the phone with us uh, this evening. But two people who have made it onto camera uh, to pop up and say hello is Mr. Clive Parking. Good evening.
1: Hi, Craig. Hello, everybody
2: and the man who popped up with seconds to go, because he's always late to the party. It's Cam Felton. Good evening. Good evening. Didn't even know you were turning up, so nice of you to let us know, but great to have you with us all the same. Really need to get you a different camera, though, because that camera that you've purchased, it really does show your facial facial features, and it's making me feel sick. Moving on. <laughs> hope that you're all all right. Uh, Jim, I'm going to start with you tonight, since so you're your the one who is... Uh, Got it relatively lucky, I'm going to say, this evening, this evening because you can't see Cam's face. Uh, that's, oh, well. Let's <laughs> start by talking uh, all things uh, Bradford and what happened post-Bradford. Uh-huh. Stephen Quinn and Rhys Oates. That is a yeah. massive, massive blow, isn't it?
3: It, it is, but part of me, I don't know why I was surprised, though, because Rhys Oates is doing his usual thing. He'll miss half the season. So... And, and it is a blow. Don't get me wrong. He was on terrific form, but we get this every year from him. And and if we're daft enough to plan around a player like Reeseout, you know, then you get what you deserve because he's only fit half the season. And even when he is fit, he's erratic. So yeah, it's a blow. But you know, it's not one we should be losing sleep over because we should have been ready for it. And then Stephen Quinn. Well, I mean, he's probably tripped over his walking stick anyway. So again. Um, <laughs> around If we're planning around someone in the late 30s, you get what you deserve again. But it just seems to be the way it's going at the moment.
2: It certainly does. Uh, keep your comments coming in and have your say on your team. Um Cam, Stephen Quinn and Reese Oates, arguably two of our most influential players. It was gutting when we lost Alfie Kil- Kilgore because, you know, he, he was solid at the back. But you, if there's one thing you can say about Stephen Quinn, it's like what Jim has just said there, that, you know we do build a team around him and you know there is such a thing as no win no Quinn and we suffered it two seasons ago last season not so much but again this season he's been very much instrumental to to how we play we're gonna miss him
4: we are gonna miss him um it's that creativity and it's always looking forward and it's frustrating when we lose him because we've lost such a dynamic and you could see on Saturday, we, we just looked so lost down that left-hand side with, um, just, this is nothing against him, but just Callum McDonald just isn't quite the same player as as what you'd expect from from a Mansfield team, and he's a good defender, but when we've been so lethal down that left-hand side in previous years, to be losing players like Stephen Quinn and... and Stephen McLaughlin, it is frustrating and then on the Oates thing it's just one thing after another and it is frustrating and we can't build a team around Oates but you look at Chef Wednesday, we don't play around Oates and we try and actually play some football and then Oates just pulls off something only Reese Oates could so it's a, it's a little bit harsh to say that we build a team completely around him but um, when when it is creating chances like that, it is fantastic and, and good to watch, but it is just frustrating when he does get injured.
2: I think the more frustrating thing, Clive, is the fact that we were just seeing resorts get back to the resorts that, that we know and love.
1: Yeah, and we missed his pace on, uh, on Saturday um, because Swan didn't provide any. Um, he was mm-hmm. a yard off the pace. I think he's still got some work to do to get to the fitness he needs to be. And, and Reese, whilst he's a liability from an injury point of view, when he's not injured, he's a dynamic player, and we we lack like that. And you're right, the uh, uh, the um, effect he had when he brought him on at Hillsborough was was not uh, to be underestimated. As for Quinn, well, we knew Quinn was going to retire at the end of last season; he's bound to retire at the end of this season. We know he's only good for, normally for 60 minutes. So whilst it's frustrating because we missed his guile in the last two games, and is um the um, the impact he has on the game because of his style of play and his tenacity. Uh, we've missed that. And I think had we got him playing a fit Quinn against uh, Bradford, we may have taken the points. But we are where we are, you know. Um, we're all getting a bit of gallows humour around the injury situation. I don't suppose there's anything we can do about it apart from to wring our hands in, in desperate, worry about whether we'll have enough players to see the season out and uh, because we're not getting short-term knocks are we they're all meaty things um and i think um you know Clough must be as worried as anybody because the conspiracy theorists of which i am one believe there must be something else happening you know either there's a sniper in the stand or there's something wrong with our training regime
2: I'm very disappointed that the team photo came out, what, an hour or so ago and nobody has shared it on Facebook yet, having photoshopped in an image of a sniper in the West stand. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll do that tomorrow. Jim, I'm going to come back to you because you mentioned something quite earlier uh, earlier in your comment about um, this is what happens when you build a side around someone who's you know in, in the late 30s. Has Nigel Clough got himself to blame a little bit with with this, the fact that he does pin so, so much hope and expectation on a player like Stephen Quinn and has had essentially two seasons to try and replace him?
1: A little
3: bit. I mean, I think Quinn is that good, that he is that effective, that, you know, he's, you know, we do, we are going to miss it when it's not there. But um, he has, you know, he has bought some older players. And he's, he, I saw his interview again today and he says it's just bad luck again, bad luck, bad luck. That's all he says. You know, about three years of injuries. Um, and, yeah, I mean, every team in the league will have injuries, but I think every team in the league's probably got a bigger squad. I mean, that's my other graph as well. I, I can remember when we lost to Northampton 1-0 towards the end of last season at uh, Sixfields; They had more players out than us. I think they had double figures out, and they still went up automatically. So it, it just goes, you know, you look at that team photo today, there's not many bodies on it. Um, yeah, I just, I just think it's a small squad again. And there's something not right. I'm not having it. It's just, just bad luck. There's something not right.
2: Is it a case of bad luck, Cam? Or do we need to have a bit of more of a further investigation into what goes off in the training ground? Because I don't think Nigel Clough's excuse of or, or phrasing of bad luck can continue to wash. Because it's, it, I, I'd understand it if it was this season. But it's not just this season. It was last season. It was the season before that. Oh, and guess what? It was the season before that as well.
4: It was. Um, I think bad luck has got a little bit to play into it because, like Clough said, they, they're not the same injuries. You know, if they were all having knee injuries, all having thigh injuries, th- then you'd be thinking like, right, well, th- there's there's the common denominator. Go out and find out why it is. But because they're all picking up different injuries, what exactly do you pinpoint? Is it... Just being run too hard? Is it the high press that we play? Is it the the conditions? I, we, I'm not really sure what to... I'm not re- trying to blame anything, but I think what Clough is saying about it just being unlucky, it, it probably is just unlucky. But what highlights it is the fact that we don't have the, the depth. We might have the strength in one or two players, but we don't have the depth. We've not got enough players.
2: Another thing for me, Clive, is, is reaction to it. Obviously, the the news came out after the Bradford game, which was after the transfer window had closed. But surely Nigel Clough will have known that it was likely that one, at least one of them was going to be missing for the length that they were. And we could have done a little bit more in, to try and get someone in. I know he said that he did try and it didn't quite come off, but did we really try
1: uh, and was it really that close to his statement? I mean, the club will only ever release information to the fans that they want the fans to hear. Uh, and that will, you know, the timing of releasing that information is in their hands. So I don't know. I think the uh, the situation is, I, I, I'm i prepared to believe and agree with Clough that it's it's just a series of bad luck. To a point, my greater concern, I suppose, is that T- today's footballers, and therefore I'm not just talking about Mansfield Town now, they play on billiard table pitches that are very rarely get bogged down. You know, they don't have weather problems, generally speaking, that affects the style of play. They train on a state of the art uh, training facility. They have more conditioning coaches and specialist coaches than you can shake a stick at. And no, we never used to have that. And players used to see the season out that they get the odd broken leg and the odd person injured. Um, But generally speaking, it seems to me that modern players, whilst they're obviously much fitter than they were in my day, the more brittle. And anything that they any any damage they get has a very, very serious impact on them being on their recovery. Now, that's me talking out my arse because I'm, I'm a layman, but it's my belief that it isn't just bad luck. That Yes, of course, it's bad luck. And no one could have written this particular book. But we've all become just a little bit sardonic about the whole thing, haven't we? We've all, we've all now said, oh, yeah, who's going to get injured next week oh, on the basis that we thoroughly expect another person to go out?
2: Well, I, I'm going to be honest, I, I'm tempted to change in podcast predictions the uh, the, the man-of-the-match vote to who will be announced as being out for, for two to three weeks. Uh, we're not going to do that. Uh, keep your comments coming in and have your say... Hey, on... just,
1: just a second. On the subject of you saying well, you're surprised nobody's airbrushed uh, or photoshopped a, a sniper in the picture, it would have been nice if they'd photoshopped Kilgore into the picture, wouldn't it?
2: Well, that's, that's, that's a, a good point, but I guess with, with that you could also argue that they could do that with Owen Mason, who's out on loan, and and all of that. It's one of those things. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Because well, the other
1: thing is the photograph. At the start of the season should be taken at the start of the season, not this week.
3: Yeah, that's a bit I strange, get, isn't
2: it? Uh, now I, no, I get why though, because um it's to do with the transfer window closing. Because what's the point in taking it in? You know at the start of August when the window doesn't shut to the end of August and you might end up adding four or five players I, i'm gonna I'm gonna back up the club's media team on that one I'm afraid.
4: We wouldn't have had Aidan Flint if we'd have done that then
2: exactly. In- exactly and you know we, we need him to, to, to showcase how small the rest of the squad is so it's it's not good fun uh, keep, he's not even stood on
4: the bench at the back he's just he's not, he's,
2: and everybody else is <laughs> and he's still taller than everybody else love it keep your comments coming in and have your say on your team and um, Paul kicks us off tonight and says Nigel mentioned about freebies it now sounds like he's changing his mind again uh, Jim yeah of course on Saturday you did mention that we could dip into that free agent market, which of course we can do. And there is that that thing now of you know, free agents used to have a stigma about them that they couldn't get a club or whatever, but now you know there's a lot more emphasis put on them because you can't loan a player in. Um there are some good free agents out there, but Nigel Clough in previous years has seemed reluctant to use them. Of course, we we did have one in John Gio O'Toole which did save our season a couple of seasons ago. Last year we had was it Lewis Page who we got on a on a short term deal which didn't turn out that great. But it's it is, you know, a flip and flip the coin, it's heads or tails, isn't it? But I guess uh, I, I guess, Jim, that there is that bit of saving grace that we could use that market if we needed to.
3: We we could do, but to be honest with you, having said all that, and I know we've started off you know kick things off a bit on a negative note i th- I think there's still enough in the building that's fit and available to win games regularly if i'm honest I think we seem to have a lot of defenders back fit again and the back door seems pretty shut at the moment you know we, we've got i mean we we pay you know we've got enough midfielders I think still and Aaron Lewis and Boateng aren't far off there's enough firepower up top I think we're all right as long as we don't have another half a dozen catastrophic injuries which Um, I I mean, you can get some diamonds in the rough in uh, free agency, but only if they are going to be, you know, diamonds, um, if they're too good to turn down. But I I wouldn't be rushing into anything, you know, free agency wise. I I think, you know, I think it's not as bad as it seems. I think there's still enough to get results.
2: Well, let's take a look at that injury list. And I've just popped a graphic uh, on screen. I appreciate, Jim, that you won't be able to see this because you're uh, on the phone with us uh, this evening. But Cam and Clive certainly will. So they can have their input on this. Um, I've gone with, I've sort of split the screen up into two sections. So I've gone in the treatment room. I've gone available for selection, but not quite fully fit. And then I've got Aaron Lewis sat in the middle as a, as a 50-50 because he seems to be the closest at the minute. So in the treatment room at the moment, Callum Johnson, Elliot Huey, Alfie Kilgore and Stephen McLaughlin. What a backline that would be for any League Two side. Uh, Hiram Boateng, Stephen Quinn uh, and then, of course, Reese Oates. Then available for selection, but not quite fully fit. Bailey Cargill was back on the bench on, uh, on, on Saturday and got about two minutes. I'm sure he'll uh, get a few more minutes as the weeks go on. George O'Toole who didn't even get a photo in the new shirt it would would seem is the only one in, on the website in the old kit which uh, says a lot and then George Williams who's played what 90 minutes between pre-season and and now maybe a little little bit over that Ollie Clark who is, of course the only one out of other than uh, Will Swan in this selection uh, that's been starting games recently but he still doesn't look up to fully up to scratch and then James Gale back from from injury looked made a real impact when he came on on uh, on Saturday and then Will Swan Clive who doesn't quite look like the player that he uh, he was last season he too looks like he's been struggling uh, from injury so when you look at this graphic on screen you look at the amount of players that um let let's take them all for instance because i don't think any of these players in the uh, available for selection side, or even what you would class as 90-minute match fit yet, even though Ollie Clark has been playing match, you know, 90 minutes.
1: It's no, a big... but I think they're close enough, though, Craig, some of these guys to be uh, entrusted with 90 minutes. I think Clark is probably going to have to play 90 minutes anyway. I was quite impressed with, with um, Williams um, when he came on. I thought he, he, he's showing signs of getting there, so I think there's some cause for optimism in the right-hand side of your graphic because I think these, these players are all perilously close to being fully available. They'll never be fully match fit until they've got a few matches under their belts. But if I've got a concern, it's around Swan, I have to say. I don't, I don't know what's happened to him, but he seems to have lost all his zest, all his vigour.
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to Will Swan uh, later, Cam. Let's uh, stick on the right-hand side of the screen f- for a, for a moment. Uh, I think George Williams, when he gets some minutes in his tank, will be uh, a big uh, addition for us, as will Bailey Cogley, had a solid start to the campaign before he uh, had that little bit of a bit of a setback. But the biggest one for me, with Reese Oates being on the left-hand side of the screen for, for the next two or three months or so, is that of James Gale who looked tremendous when he came on. I said it in pre-season before we had anything to do with any thought of injuries that this would be a big campaign for him. It's going to be even bigger now. This is the chance for him to to really make his name because for me, he'd be starting over Swan on Saturday.
4: Yeah, I think he will. I I think towards the end of the season, he more than proved that he's good enough to be with us. And... Quite clearly, it's it's why we spent money on him from from long eating. It was what fifty thousand pound. It was it was compensation, pretty much. Yeah. But yeah. it was it was still worth the investment, and I wouldn't even call it a risk because y- you could see that he was highly rated. In the fa- I don't know whose call it was, but the fact that Clough uses him over anyone that we had brought through our academy last season and a little bit this season just shows that Clough actually rates him because it's clear that he's not going to give young players a chance, but he seems quite willing to to give Gale the chance. Um, uh, sorry, I just want to pull something that Paul said in the comments about Ollie Clark yeah. being off the pace. I think Clark was just a case of he ran his absolute testicles off on Tuesday night at, at Chef Wednesday. It was just another game where he just ran and ran and ran and ran. And we we've not got that in sort of like a mass abundance. When we've got everybody fit, I don't I don't think there's an issue. But just looking at sort of like the teams that we've got, you've got Maris blowing out of his arse on Saturday. Because he'd done the same thing. Then again, it was very hot, and he's ginger, so he didn't do particularly well in the heat. But he was just running and running and running and just ran himself into the ground for the for the team, and and that's what we want. Like we said last week, I think it's harsh that he's took the captain's armband off him because that's the sort of thing that you need from your captain: just run yourself into the ground for the team, do what's do what's asked of you by the manager for what for the for the greater good.
2: Jim, let's go back to those injuries for, for just a second. What do you make of yeah. uh, that that uh, that injury list that has uh, been compiled? Again, I'm just going to pop it back on the screen so people at home can uh, can see it. Uh, you have got more people dropping into that available for selection, but not quite fully fit category now. And I think that probably the arguably other than uh, James Gale is it, going to be Bailey
3: Cargill. Yeah, I I, I don't think yeah you know, I, I think there's as I say there's enough available. To, to get results, and Aaron Lewis is going to be key when he comes back. And I think he was a massive, massive loss. I think he's 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 gone under the radar. How influential he was. As I say, I, I'm not too concerned. You know, to, I mean, perhaps to be to be fair to Clough. I mean, you know what my theory is on some of these injuries. But um, yeah, as I say, I, I think let's not panic. Um, I, th- I think we'll be okay, and we've got a clear week, thank God. It's good, you know. Like Clough said, it's a good job we're not playing tonight. And uh, I think yeah. Yeah, I'm not too concerned. I know that sounds a bit crazy, but um, other than the long term ease, I, I think yeah, I think we'll be okay.
2: Clive, I think we're looking at Aaron Lewis being the the one that's uh, cl- being closest to being available for selection, and I think he hopefully that the biggest thing the biggest thing for me with any of these is not is learning from our mistakes from last season, and not rushing them back we're getting by that's that's the important thing at the minute even though we are really really you know down to, to the to the bare bone at, at the minute we are still getting by we are still staying unbeaten. we are proving difficult to to break down so uh th- there's less of a, a requirement to to get them back in and throw them in at the deep end when we might as well just introduce them to the shallow end and let them have a paddle for three for, for two or three games
1: yeah, there's no cause for bringing people back before they're ready in the sense that we've seen what happens when you do that in previous seasons. And therefore, it's, it's actually a very bad policy to do that. Now, sometimes you have no choice and you've got to take a risk. But, you know, it seems to me that uh, Aaron Lewis is probably one of those um, players that isn't as durable as we'd like to think he is and therefore has to be protected a little bit. But we're missing his uh, playmaking. Definitely, his creativity was when he was playing was there to be seen. The sooner we can get him back on the team, the better. And especially as we're we're going to you know have to manage without Quinn for a, a period of time. I mean, uh, Cam's point about not being strong down the left hand side is perfectly true. But then we'd have to find a different way of playing our game. And we are probably one of the best teams in the middle of the park in the league. Um, so we have to find other ways, and we've proved that we can play the passing game, we've proved that we can be patient, and actually, so far, I've not seen better than us. Um, Any points we've dropped have been very much at our own making this season, and as you know, we've done all right in the Cup, so I don't think we have anything to be fearful of, and Jim's right, you know, the players we've got available now should compete with anybody. Um, What we can't afford is any further bad luck, of course.
2: I just need to uh, press this button and mark a occasion in Mansfield Mattis history. Where's it? That one. Do it again. I think that's the first time Ivan and Cam have ever agreed with each other. It's a lovely moment. It's a lovely moment. It's a lovely moment. Well done all. Uh, let's go back to some of your comments. Uh, keep them coming in. Uh, Adam says, if Clough says, I believe. Simon says... Uh, have uh, been unlucky for three seasons. Squad depth is key, and was a strange decision to send out Hartigan and Anderson on loan. Let's delve into that. Cam, for me, I don't think it was a strange decision to, to send out Hartigan on loan. We didn't need him when we signed him. We didn't need him when we sent him out on loan. And even with all these injuries, I still don't think we need him. Poor lad.
4: Um, I'm torn on this because then I've we've looked.
2: Not agreeing with Clive. So now you want to pick fights with me and argue with me? Yeah. Okay.
1: Go
2: yeah. On. What an absolute. What an what absolute asshole. Oh, Cam. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Only joking.
4: Carry on. But anyway, point is, I, it's a difficult one because it. See, we are so short of players. I think it has just been good to keep hold of him. But that's the, that's the thing. We could have easily sort of like held off. And and sent him out any point. It's the thing with the national league; their transfer rules are downright ridiculous. For one, there's no wonder we brought so many players in in the conference. There's just no such thing as a transfer window, other than until like March.
2: I'm not being funny. Given the state of our squad and the, the the rate that our players keep dropping, I would kill for that.
4: Oh, I know. Same. I, but uh, I think.
1: Sorry, I was going to. I was going to no. disagree with you, Cam we uh, oh, because, back. because no. i think hartigan was a spare shirt i think we he was not he was unlikely to get much match time in our squad this season um never full, he's never fulfilled the promise that we that must have brought him here in the first place um and um, he needs to play football yeah, he he to do that but of course the club also has i mean i'm guessing clough has to manage this uh, has to manage within the players budget players wage budget and so when we've got the luxury of players who aren't going to play, it makes absolute sense to farm them out either on loan or transfer them away. The risk is the moment you transfer a player out the door, you get another injury. And that seems to happen <laughs> uncannily often.
2: And I think there it is, Jim. I think there Clive has just hit the, the nail on the head. I think it's a, it's a budget thing as well as much as we could. I imagine that Nigel Clough's transfer team will will have three or four ones that they could pick up the phone tomorrow and say, come and do... You know, come and sign until January for us. We'll see if we can get you a deal after that. But the fact is, we're a business that has to stick to a budget, and there are such things as financial fair play. There's this balancing player wages, and sometimes you've got to grit your teeth and get through
3: it. Yeah, I think so. And you know, the effects of COVID, I'm sure, are still working their way out of the system of a lot of League Two clubs. And I think, you know, in in the actual windows, club has been backed with with fees as well. So it's so it's have money. So, yeah, I think there is a limit. I think John Ralford got to the point where he wasn't going to keep chucking endless money at it. And uh, you you can't blame him. You can't blame him. From what you hear, he has to put a lot of his own money in regularly just to break even. So, yeah, I think um, we're lucky to have John Ralph. And um, you can't blame him for saying that's your lot or, you know, this is what you're getting each year. Let's but,
1: um, sorry. Yeah. sorry I, the, I think if I'm right, the acquisition of Flint was over and above the budget. Yeah, and therefore there had to be some rebalancing behind that.
2: Yeah, it wouldn't. I don't think that'd be too too unfair to too unfair to say. To be fair, because you look at the wages he'd command and and all of all of the stuff which which goes with it. Um, keep your comments coming in and have your say on your team. Let's delve back into a few of them. Marie says talked about the injuries. Not sure the strength and conditioning is targeting where it needs to. One thing I'd love to do on here, Cam, is um, do a, get get a, a strength and conditioning coach on here and explain it. Because we can sit here, can't we, week in, week out, and we can talk about, um, oh, something must, must be wrong with the training. We must be overrunning, must be overstretching, must be overdoing this and overdoing that. We could do with some science behind it, some explanation, couldn't we? Some uh, extra insight. Beyond Leave it with thoughts, thoughts.
1: Leave you have with no me. chance at all of anybody from no, the not. football club sharing that sort of information oh, with us.
2: Our football club. We, I'm talking. Uh, I'm talking. I, I, all right. Yeah. This is
1: yeah. Yeah. Sorry, would, Cam. I interrupted you.
4: No, uh, fine. Um, obviously, me. I work in football. Uh, I, I know a few people. Um, I will. Cam, s- imagine. I, I've told
2: you before. Imaginary friends do not count. You need to go and see a doctor and get professional advice. Uh, Roy in the comments says, it did, did seem like bad luck, but did anyone see the tackle on Oates at Hillsborough? Deliberate and no yellow card. We must get some young players in uh, with no history of injuries. Yeah, did we all saw that that challenge. I was a little bit baffled as, as well. We kept uh, him, him on the pitch at, at that point when we, we knew we were going to penalties and we could have just chucked one of the young kids on. It wouldn't have made any difference and might have... Um, might have made a little bit of a difference. I don't know. Like we were just saying there, um, you know, we don't know. We, we're not medical trained professionals in, in sports injuries. Um, talking about Ollie Clark, Paul adds, Ollie Clark looked knackered on Saturday. He was well behind the pace. Adam says, on for the back end uh, had more vigour than Swan for 80 minutes. Gail was a point to prove. Um, Simon adds, Swan looked nervous, no confidence on Saturday. Uh, Chris says, Maris has stepped up, think he's grabbed the opportunity as I thought he'd struggle to get back in the squad with the quality in midfield. Adam says, Lewis back will be influential, I like him a lot. Dave says, the questions need to be asked why these injuries? Something's seriously wrong. Is it because Mansfield chose the cheap options regarding regards <laughs> medics and physios? Um, and Stagshat adds, why is it we struggle every season with most of the first team squad with injuries all hypothetical questions, Clive, none which we'll, we will ever really know the true extent of, of answers to. But what we have to do is is we have to say last season, we didn't deal too much with, with the injuries and we used it as an excuse. This season, touch wood so far, we are still unbeaten. We've managed to get through and the proof will be in the pudding as to whether we continue to do that. One One positive we have to look at is the fact that we are still unbeaten with the bare bones.
1: I think we shouldn't be at all despondent. We are unbeaten. That doesn't always tell the story, of course, because you can be all it could all be draws and be a drab football. The only drab game we've had so far this season was the last one, and we we understand the reasons behind that. I was disappointed in Bradford, if I'm being honest, but maybe we were good enough to control them, and that's probably what um, they would argue in return that you know the best play, football inside by reputation is us, uh, and Bradford controlled us. I just think both teams were very flat on the day. The crowd was very flat, considering the size of it. And I thought their crowd started off noisily, but they went flat very quickly. Um, so I, I think it's one of those games that we're going to get every now and again. But to come out of it with a clean sheet, you can ask no more. Although on other seasons, we'd have lost that game.
2: And that's a marked improvement, Cam, on, on where we were. And, you know, as much as we criticising Nigel Clough and the staff for these injuries and, uh, and what have you, we also need to give praise where it's due
4: yeah we do um yeah like clive's i actually agree with clive there i'll play the theme tune whatever it was
2: um i was near home wasn't it
4: yeah all the cheering i don't know but uh, yeah i thought that bradford had had done us right over on on saturday but um yeah testament to the players and, and the staff uh firstly putting into performance but secondly having the the tactical nous to to be able to to nullify them obviously they got a couple of injuries themselves and Andy Cook being the main one and they looked a little bit lost up front they had a couple of chances there was a few good chances they were pretty much straight at pim though same as us though we had few chances in the game and then Neither side just created anything, and it was probably boring nil-nil draw. That, to be honest, I think both teams would have taken at the start of play. They I weren't
1: confident. I think on balance, were, we'd all agree it was probably a fair result.
4: Yeah, they weren't confident about beating us. We were a little bit more optimistic about beating them, but we find out about injuries and and other bits, and we just looked. Not ourselves, and that's what Clough said in his post match. Just like twenty, thirty minutes it took us to get into his rhythm, and it, it's frustrating because we know we can play so much better than that. But th- that squad that played on Saturday that will be the squad that brings us through the next two, three months. Yeah, because yeah. we're not r- all right. We'll get Aaron Lewis back and maybe here on Boateng. I'm not sure how far Stephen McLaughlin is off, though. I'm sure he was supposed to come back around October time. It was only just into the season. I can't remember, to be honest. Pre-season feels like such a long time ago, but we're only a month in.
2: Yeah, we are. A long, long way to go. I guess one thing, uh, talking about Saturday, Jim, that we we can reflect on is, all right, we we gave it everything at at Sheffield Wednesday in that second half, and it it really did tell because it was an unchanged 11, and I'm sure... Nigel Clough would have had those extra bodies. He would have made one or two changes uh, to that. But he had what he had. And you've got to give the lads credit for, for giving it a go. And it's no wonder it took us a, a, a while to get into the game. And I heard somebody on the way out having a little bit of a bitch and a moan uh, as I walked back to the car on Saturday that we'd you know, that we not converted our chances. And I was like, yeah, I get that. But also what, what I wanted to take away from the game was the fact that we kept a clean sheet and once it got to that sort of seventy fifth minute mark, it became less and less about scoring a goal for me and more about protecting the goal.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think Saturday was the first time we haven't lost at home to Bradford. For, is it three, three seasons? Mm-hmm. I think. I, I I thought the clean sheet was was really satisfying, and and the fact that I don't think Christy Pym really got his shirt dirty, to be honest with you. And and the, I think it probably was a bit of a, a hangover from Sheffield Wednesday. and Three games in a week and. I thought we'd, we did okay. I mean, we've not started games very well this season. I've noticed. So I was quite pleased we didn't go behind and we weren't sort of trailing at half time as we usually seem to find ourselves. And to be honest with you, yeah, I, I think it was a it was a good point. It really was. And um, if if the game had gone another another ten minutes, I think we would have got the winner. It was coming. Um, now I, I think I heard something the other day. It said if we'd have won on Saturday, it would have been our best league start for 47 years, which it, it doesn't feel like that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I don't, I, I everyone to make it out.
2: No, I think that's that's certainly fair. Uh, that's where we're going to leave all things Bradford. We're going to take a little break, and then still to come. Um, I think these two, the 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 harmonious relationship between between Clive and Cam may die in the next 10 minutes or so. We'll wait and see uh, as we talk about uh, tickets and treatment of fans. Plus, we'll look ahead to Saturday's game away at Accrington. Stanley, go on, somebody shout it out. Who are they? Exactly. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
1: Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. Proud to be part of the Sportsman Network. Welcome back. Uh, keep your comments coming in, joining us uh, on the line. We've got Jim Evans. Good evening, Jim. Still there? Are you still with us?
3: I'm still
2: with you. Yeah, very here. much with us. We're we, have to, Of all the people that I thought like we, we'd have on this podcast... And I mean this in no disrespect to, to the, the king that is, Alan Wilson, who's not with us tonight because he's watching Paint Dry. I thought it'd be him that would have uh, the technological problems getting on the, the show in terms of like iPads and computers and stuff. But no, it, 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 it's yourself. But we, we appreciate you joining us on the phone. And to be honest, like I said at the top of the show, you don't want to look at Cam's face or mine or Clive's come to that. So, you know, you've probably done the right <laughs> thing, by uh,
3: also no, no
2: <laughs> also joining us. We've got Cam Felton and uh, Clive Parkin, and these two in the group chat last night. Honestly, I felt like I had to be like a school teacher and almost, almost like a boxing referee at times because they were going at each other, hammer and tong over something. I'm going to be honest; I couldn't give two shits about it. Was all about the the the, the ticketing thing, and the ironic thing is, 12 hours later. The club had stepped in and resolved it. Now, I'm going to try and keep this in an orderly manner, and uh, I will be, be ruthless and, and, and kick people out and mute people if I need to. Uh, we'll have balanced arguments and conversations, please. Please don't act up and be absolute because it's not fair. Uh, Clive, I'm going to come to you. Would you like to uh, set your stall out for what the argument and all the the, the discussions started over, please?
1: Uh, Well, I'm not sure there was that much of an argument. I think you're probably exaggerating. I think there was enough fans shared the view that the club had made a mistake in the way that they'd launched the availability of tickets for the Cup tie. Um, And understandably, those people who felt they weren't going to get the seat they justified having through buying a season ticket, were not going to be able to sit there. And I think Cam was one of them. Um, I'm less worried about that, although I, I do like to sit where I want to sit rather than where I end up. But we, um, we understand that in cup games when there's likely to be a small attendance that they have to try and economise. Don't have a problem with that. But I think they've misread it. I don't think it will be a particularly small gate um, against Peterborough. Um, what worries me is the credentials, the, ca- the mental capability of some of the management who make these decisions at the football club. They don't appear to me to have what is required. Now we're obviously not having a, a dig at the owners or the playing management. This is people who are paid to make administrative decisions on behalf of the football club, the the stadium, the fans, where the fans are treated, etc. Which just tips me into my usual rant about I don't think those people give two tosses about the Stags' fans. They see them as an inconvenience. They're, we we just buy season tickets because we're fans and therefore don't make commercially logical decisions. If we were treated. In another organisation, a hospitality organisation, the way we get treated by a football club, we wouldn't go to it. We'd we'd use our financial discretion. But because we're fans and we're passionately locked into our relationship with the football club, we put up with stuff. And now that doesn't make us unusual because I'm pretty sure a lot of football clubs are the same. But what I'd like to see Mansfield do is to recognise that the fans are very much emotionally locked in and therefore they need to be compensated in other ways i'm not talking money wise i'm talking about how they are referred to how they are communicated to everybody wants to know what the vision for the manchester town football club is i'm not talking about winning and getting promotion we all accept that as a given but where what's the plan and where are we on that plan to improve the facilities because even if you take bishop street out of the equation our stadium is inadequate. And it's falling to pieces. And I've not seen much been spent on the on licks of paint and, and repairing broken seats and things in the last five years. Now, those are the sorts of things that matter to me, I'm sure they matter to other people and to others not at all. But that's my rant. I think the football club's tiered management lets the owners down, and it lets the fans down.
2: Other than wanting a reason to have an argument, Cam, what, what, what was your response? Um,
0: oh, yeah, I've got a new toy as well, just like you have. There we go.
2: Yeah, but mine's better than you, yours, and uh, I'm in control Ooh. and I can pick you out any time, and I think you're an yeah. absolute.
1: There we go. Right. Anyway. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. No, turn
2: that one off. <laughs> um, have you brought a Roadcaster Pro 2? I haven't, no. Oh, okay.
4: No, I went with a cheaper option. i am get
2: to it. Well done for not copying me for once.
4: Mm. Um, it, it's frustrating because because of all the season tickets we've got, it's not possible to fit every single season ticket holder in the West Stand. Physically, impossible. So why is everyone bitching about not getting a seat if the Quarry Lane ends not going to be open initially? If we've if we've if we've got to if we've got to go down the season ticket route and you're going to prioritize season ticket holders, the whole ground has got to be open. Simple. Because I, 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 where, where's where's the loyalty? I've had a season ticket holder for. 15, 16 years, but this is the first time I've sat in the quarry Lane end. Just by the virtue, I just didn't like any of the seats that were available in the West So I don't want to sit in the lower tier. I don't want to get wet through. But there's no loyalty to those that have sat that behind there for 10, 15, 20 years plus. It's just not... Where's the loyalty to them that can't have their... Season ticket seat because we've decided that we're not going to open it unless there's the demand there. Even then, who's to say that we have the entire stand open? They might decide to close half the stand like they used to in the conference dates.
2: There's hey, no. But for for me, this is where the the issue was. It's I I'm also in that camp. but I'm not too bothered if I don't get my seat, the seat that I sit in, um, because. It is what it is like. I actually do enjoy, actually, sometimes, especially for those Papa John's trophy games where the lower tier is the only one that's open. Going and looking from a different perspective, it's nice to break it up a little bit. What I disagreed with was the fact that it was just open to all. And I agree with Clive that, actually, I think the club may have misunderstood, under -under how what the crowd might be for this this game. That's not a word. I know it's not a word. Fuck off. Um, And... I, I do I do genuinely think that um you put me off my train of thought now, you get
1: um, while you're thinking, Craig, what I think I in in a nutshell, I just I'm being critical of the people that make the decisions who don't seem to be able to read the room. Yes, that's there there it is. So
2: I, I think it's it's less about me having my seat and me as a season ticket holder having my seat, but as a season ticket holder that comes with certain privileges and that is like with an away game you get priority on being able to buy a seat and initially as i understand it please correct me if i'm wrong initially the plan was to not give season ticket holders regardless of whether their seats in the upper lower or core lane end that privilege to be able to buy a seat first that's it, right it's now changed and that is so when i went on this morning fortunately my seat was still available so i have purchased the two seats that I sit in but I could have chosen anywhere in the stand but as a season ticket holder I get that priority window and that's all that I think the club were missing for me was given that that priority window and that's the little bit of connection which club directors club business people club employees who are paid to make those decisions are missing because ironically in 2 3 weeks time if we uh, if we go on and win the next two games, the end will, will be open. Um, Jim, you've been quiet on this. You've been playing a Judy Cater in the background, listening away to what uh, what we've had, what we've had to say. Would you like to fuel the fire a little bit more, or would you like to take a side, or would you just like to be a bystander?
3: I I agree with you on it. Really, I, I, I think because you're a sensible cool man. It... <laughs> From the point of view, any business would say, which customers do you look after first? You look after your core customers first. I think that's the lack of sort of respect, I think, towards season ticket holders. I mean, let's face it, not everybody can either log on or get down to the ticket office straight away. And I think the fact that your seat might not be there when you get there or if there was a real, real big rush for tickets, you wouldn't get a ticket at all, which is probably unlikely. I just think there's a lack of respect towards what is the core customers. And um, I, I, I'm, I was gobsmacked that there wasn't, you know, a priority window for season ticket holders to get their ticket. I was, I was gobsmacked because they're normally pretty good with stuff like that. I don't know who who put that idea out at all. And I, I agree, I agree with Clive. I think the the communication from the club about a lot of things is is poor. It's cloak and dagger, and the state of the Bishop, the Bishop Street for me is really. I know it's long documented, but it's really, it's really letting the ground down now, amongst other things as well. And, um, yeah, I I think uh, there's no communication at all.
1: It is. Can I I just interrupt on this? I mean, there's some brand new facilities uh, at the uh, the ground. They're not for spectators, they're for media. We've got the perimeter advertising now, the digital perimeter advertising, which arrived with a great deal of fanfare. I know that our marketing people haven't yet sold any advertising on it. It's only been used for marketing itself and for its uh tame uh, stakeholders but that aside i had a look at it and it's whoever's installed it should be ashamed of themselves it's it's at all sorts of angles parts of it at the quarry lane end are propped upon bricks and even a a water bottle to try and make it level i mean it's shambolic they won't have paid cheap money for it and it just seems to me that just makes us look stupid Bishop Street makes us look very stupid, but everything else. I mean, I sit in the lower um, Ian Greaves stand and above us, there's all the uh, steel work that supports the upper tier. And it's flaking and it's rusty and this crap on the seats. And the to, around me, two or three of the seats are, are knackered. And, you know, you, you you point it out to somebody at the club and they're no, no real interest in it. I've written two emails on different subjects, neither of them nasty, to the football club this season. But no one's had the courtesy of a reply to me. Now, that's just bad practice. It's bad customer relationships. And I, I don't care whether you're a football club, a funeral director or, a, you know, an ice cream parlor. You should be better at things than that.
2: Yeah, can't I can't disagree with that. Keep your comments coming in. Um, uh, lots of them coming in. Uh, you're never going to win the debate on uh, what a core customer is because you would imagine, you know, a customer is anybody that comes through the door at the end of the day. But as a season ticket holder, um, if you've pledged to put that amount of money in over the course of a season, it, it's like when you when you have a club card at, at Tesco or any other supermarkets available. You are entitled to have x amount of benefits with it i understand those like adam who are non-season ticket holders uh, due to work or whatever um but i think what we really need to 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 nail down is we need to have an external person of, of a business and customer focused mindset come in and analyze comments like this i'm a non-season ticket fan due to work i'm struggling some matches to find seats together for two, especially when they cram us into one side of a three stand ground, and that is because purely, Cam, of the growth of the football club on the pitch. But as a business, I think it's fair to say we've not, and a, as a, 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 I want to try and say this in the right way without without it coming across as a negative because it, it's really not. We've evolved on the pitch. We really have evolved on the pitch, and it's great. And as a result of that, we've brought the fans in and we've increased our customer base. And what we've done is we've moved from point A to point B. But what we've done above that as a business and as people within the business is we have not moved. We've not linked the two. So we've got where we are as a as a customer base, but where we are as people that are able to deal with that and manage it and the two don't link together. We need to get those two aligned And I think if we manage to do that, we'll be in a much better position when we do go on these cup runs and uh, for future to, to, to uh, to try and please everybody. Of course, you're not going to please everybody all the time. But if you can please more people, the better it's going to be. Would this have happened if we'd have had Manchester City or Newcastle? Probably not. But I still think we'd have got the same amount of crowd.
1: I mean, the other thing, Craig, is as a football club, I think we are obligated under the league rules to have a minimum of two cu- uh, customer fan interactive interactive events each year, like meet the fans, meet the board, meet the pl- meet the manager, or whatever. And there's no enthusiasm from the club to do that. It's almost grudgingly pr- provided, and it, and they become quite sterile events as well. So no one asks any difficult questions. And I understand why, you know, I understand if you are an in-house media person, you're not going to risk the wrath of the manager by asking him questions he's not prepared to answer. But I think as a football club, with its customer base, the fans, there needs to be a relationship and the relationship at Mansfield Town with its fans is not good enough. And I think we'd all like to know, what the five-year plan is we'd all like to know where the jump off points are at what point do we do this what's the contingency if we don't get promoted if we do get promoted what when does someone pull the trigger on improving the ground has anybody explored fully the options of reintroducing home spectators to the north stand we all can we could all say oh no the sag and the police won't allow it well that may well have been the case but we should challenge these things you can't just say, oh, no, that'll never happen, because it hasn't in the past five or ten years. We have to be creative. And, you know, there's going to be an occasion later this season when there's 30 fan, thirty away fans in a 1,750 capacity North Stand and home, home fans won't be able to buy a ticket.
2: Yeah, Sutton United, we're looking at you, talking about... Uh... Buying tickets, Jim. This comment's just come in from KB Coaching, who says not county away. There will be a lot of disappointment. Bradford fans this weekend got tickets based on a points system. Uh, it's an interesting mm. one, one, one to think about, isn't it? Because, um, you know, then you, you're sort of saying there's, there's other things, other parallels which come into it, like not being able to afford to to go to away games, etc. Work and and all of, uh, of that things. But you are damned if you do, you are damned if you don't. But me personally, I would have to say that we have to, this, this year, I'm surprised we've managed to maintain, it's only because we finished where we finished last season and, and had the finish that we did. We have to maintain this customer fan base because that is what will ultimately allow us to grow on the pitch as well as off it. And at the minute, with little things like this, Jim, it doesn't quite feel like it will sustain itself.
3: Well, yeah, and i our surprise, you know, that they didn't give the season ticket holders this window, going back to that. I mean, we had our biggest gate for years on Saturday, didn't we? Eight and a half thousand. What, what made them think that there wouldn't be a big demand for tickets? Um, but, yeah, I, I, I agree. There's far more, we've got far more season ticket holders now than you get away allocations for. And I think a point system probably would be fair. I mean, I, I don't get to go to every away game. But I can see that people who do, then they really they probably earned the right to get first dibs on tickets later on in the season. Um, I, I quite like Nigel Clough's idea actually, of putting all the away fans down the Bishop Street and the home fans get both stands behind the goal. <laughs> Whether they get listened to, I don't know. But uh,
2: it's certainly s- something uh, to to think about in in the future and a discussion for for future weeks. But uh, before we wrap that up, um, Cam. Clive, are we are we friends now, or have we, we stopped? Of, of, or do I need to uh, get a mediator in?
4: Now
1: now we're in to... exactly the same position as we started. Well, there you go—a Mexican
2: standoff at its best. Uh, right, go on. sorry, it's just a...
4: go on. on 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 the whole, the club moving forward. It, the club has grown that much in the seasons post-COVID that the club's just not been able to keep up. It's simple as. And I think the ticketing thing is, is one of the areas, obviously, they, they they noted that it wasn't adequate, it wasn't fit for purpose, so they've changed it. And we're slowly but surely getting used to it. The club shop's changed in the way that they do things. They're not mailing out kits or anything anymore. It's all done by Castor by them. All right, they're still out posting out tickets, but that's getting better. We just need to sort the uh, the commercial side of things out now. And um just thing on the the point system for away tickets never want to see that it's a bloody night it's a joke because you've got season ticket holders that have been like t- going 25 years that will just fill up every single seat every single season you see it in the premier league the championship where you've got fans that have been going 20 30 years and clubs can't attract new fans and younger fans because the dinosaurs are uh Going week in week out, and there's just no opportunity to go to games for young people.
2: Whoa, 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 whoa! Who are you calling a dinosaur, son?
4: You.
1: <laughs> I mean, the reassuring thing is, no matter how much clamour there is for tickets, either home or away. There's always that young woman in Penang that's got I've, four for sale.
2: I've kicked him out, Jim. Just in, we weren't quite sure what I just did then. <laughs> Sorry, Clive. Carry on.
1: Oh, it's all right. My joke's gone flat now. <laughs> go on sorry I was just saying this, whenever there's a shortage of tickets there's a young woman on Facebook from Penang that's always got four <laughs> tickets for sale
2: yeah there You're always right. is uh, keep your comments uh, coming in uh, Mel says a lot of League uh, 2 clubs are starting to do point systems but honestly I don't like the idea of it uh, KB adds and the Bishop Street situation is a joke the fan base Uh, Has outgrown the stadium and the food at the kiosk is shocking. Correct. Undercooked sausage rolls every week. Absolutely. Need to maximise the interest of the fans they are currently getting before people become unhappy at the inadequate facilities. We have one kiosk on Saturday in the Ian Greaves Upper because there was a burst boiling hot water pipe which nearly flooded the gents as well. Um, Someone also adds they need to add some uh, shelter outside Sandy's. That's been rumoured for a while, Clive, though, hasn't it? it? It was happening, then it wasn't happening, then it well, wasn't.
1: I can, I, can, I can bring you up to speed on that. The thing is on order, and it's been agreed it's going to be installed PDQ. However, I'm disappointed, primarily because I think we, we've been uh, unadventurous with it. It is only going to cover that section of terrain that's enclosed between those sleepers at the moment. You know, outside Sandys, there's a rectangular area where people congregate and there's some picnic tables in there it's going to cover that area i thought it was going to be something grander like a a stretched sail over the entire that end of the car park not so and there's probably reasons for it but again this is a sort of thing the club should be explaining to to the punters saying just to let you know this is coming along we've got this we've ordered that it should be installed by november blah 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 You know, that's the sort of little snippets of real information that we are being denied. And when you don't know what the situation is, Chinese whispers take over. I mean,
4: they did up the scoreboard and... White, actually. And it it didn't work on either occasion. Because it didn't work
3: first time. Yeah. Could it be that, you know... We're going to put money towards the playing budget this season and try and get the primarily primary goal of promotion and everything else will follow from that i mean i remember when Knox County went down they just spent a shed load of cash on executive facilities and ignored the team i i just wonder if if the the concentration is on players and and the playing stuff at the moment just to get get out of this blimmin league
1: that wouldn't be unreasonable though jim would it that's a perfectly acceptable uh, position to to stand on and to say we are concentrating yep. on matters on the field we've obviously spent some money on the pitch and we'll continue to do so um and the players and the coaching staff and, and the rh academy and all those things they are our priority in this in this period of time other things will happen afterwards but they don't even say that yeah yeah i agree now, their reason for not doing it i'm guessing is to say we don't need to tell them because they're only fans
3: I think a lot of the time they're frightened of saying what we don't want to hear whatever it is, whatever it is. And so you're i agree. Upset
1: Somebody, I, I, I have some sympathies yeah. sometimes by trying to do the right thing you end up getting nothing but grief and i'm sure that's something they want to avoid
2: yeah it certainly mm. is and a little bit of canopy covering that area of sandy's seems to me absolutely pointless and speaking of pointless things So will they win, lose or draw? And what will be the score? It's the guessing game that brings you zero fame. But to be the best, you must outguess the rest. So will they win, lose or draw? And what will be the score? In the League or Cup, you just make it up. Because they're just works of fiction. It's podcast predictions. Will they win, lose or draw? Uh, Right, let's uh, talk podcast predictions then. The Stags are, of course, away at Accrington on Saturday, one of the relegated clubs from last season. Just beneath the Stags in the table, not much separating the two. Accrington with three wins, a draw and a loss so far this season, but level on point and unbeaten at home. Jim, as you're our guest... This week, I'm going to come to you first for your prediction. What will be the uh, the outcome, the scoreline, and who will be man of the match?
3: I think we're going to nick it 2-1. Uh, man of the match, Lewis Brunt.
2: Excellent stuff. Uh, just to clarify on man of the match as well, we did start this season uh, wanting to do man of the match based on the club's social media vote. But for whatever reason, that social media vote seems to be so infrequent, it's like Nathan's appearance on this podcast. Nobody knows when it's going to be. So what we're going to do now is for home games, it will be based on the sponsor's man of the match. And for away games, it will be based on the club's social media vote. If it happens, if it doesn't then it will be taken from an external source, which we're going to keep quiet for now. Right, Cam, you're next.
4: Oh, that sounds like the biggest loader. Of...
2: I haven't got the, the beep sound. No. Well go on. Um, wait, yeah.
4: There you go. Uh, that'll do. That'll do. Because, to be honest, who was it? Who was it on Saturday? Callum Johnson, get it? Listen... I don't make the oh, rules. I don't know who got it. Who got it Saturday?
1: I know Pim got it the other day and I cl- I claimed that one.
3: Uh, no, I think is- got it, did not he?
2: Listen, I don't make the rules in this game.
4: Because
2: This music bed's running out.
4: Okay, okay. 2-1 um, win. Uh, Flint, man of the match.
2: Excellent, Clive, you're up next.
1: 1-0 win, Flint.
2: Oh, look at that. And that just gives me about 10 seconds or so. So I will go with a 2-0 win. Man of the match is going to be George Maris. Don't forget to along with podcast predictions. You can do so by using the link in the description. And a reminder, you must do it no later than one hour and one minute before kickoff on Saturday afternoon. Love this new toy. Right, that is almost all we've got time for on uh, tonight's month matters podcast. Jim, thanks as ever for joining us. We'll hopefully see you again uh, soon, and don't forget to uh, keep getting involved. What's one thing you want from Saturday afternoon's game? If I'm going to offer you a trade now, going back to what we sort of we, we said at the start of the show, we can get th- <clears throat> we can get through and we can you know win two one and Lewis Brunk can get man of the match and and all of that, but. We also get an injury for a we an injury for a week. Or we can draw or lose, but we don't get any more injuries for the rest of the season and we get two players back. Which one are you taking?
3: No more injuries for the rest of the season. Yeah. Oh I'd take the, no injuries for the rest of the season. I think that's probably worth ten points.
2: <laughs> Clive, what about Not you at that. this at, at this point? Are you gonna go you're gonna go points but the injury risk is still there, or we sacrifice one game to never have injuries again this season?
1: Well, it's an idiot's choice because um it's too early in the season to let points be the governor. So we're gonna lose some games somewhere along the lines. It may as well be this one and protect our our sick bay. Cam. Don't you dare yeah, agree with me. I don't
4: want the injuries. Sick of injuries. <laughs> to be-
2: to be fair, I don't think anybody wants the injuries, do they? Everybody is sick of them. Uh, so hopefully, Touchwood, we come through Saturday with no injuries and with three points. You know, sometimes you can have your cake and eat it. Until next time, good night. Well, that's all we've got time for on this week's Mansfield Matters podcast. My thanks as ever to the Mansfield Matters podcast panel and more importantly to you guys at home for watching and for listening. Make sure you follow us on social media to continue the debate throughout the week. I'm sure there'll be much more to talk about as Saturday gets closer. Speaking of Saturday, the Stags away at Accrington Stanley. Who are they exactly? I'm glad I didn't do the accent. Make sure you get involved with podcast predictions. The link that you need is in the description. And a reminder, you must do it no later than one hour and one minute before kickoff on Saturday. Right, that's what we've got time for. We'll see you again next week as the drama continues. Who will be in the injury room next week? Hopefully no one. And hopefully the Stags will remain unbeaten. (sighs) To be honest, I'd sacrifice the unbeaten run right now for no more injuries this season. Is that just me? I don't know. Being a snakes run, eh? It's great. Good night.